from the Ballers Discord channel. This is the Baller Locker Room, where we talk all things baller. My name is Alex, and today we got a chance to interview NFT Genius CEO Jeremy Bourne. We discuss how the C-Round investor play a big role, how external roadmaps can be detrimental to a project, and his ultimate goal of being able to create opportunities for mass adoption. So please enjoy episode six. The Baller Locker Room Podcast is not affiliated with NFT Genius or Ballers NFT. All discussion here is not financial advice and a solicitation to purchase any past, present, and future Baller NFTs. Okay, welcome to the episode six of the Baller Locker Room Podcast. It's a lovely Saturday morning and we have an extra special guest today. It is none other than the CEO of NFT Genius, Lord Jeremy Bourne of House Raccoon Eyes. Welcome to the show, NGM. <laughs> hey, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Wow, what a what an introduction. An honor. No problem. Joining me as co-host is MPay. Bing bong. What's up, ballers? How we doing? Um, as always, excited to chop it up with with the co-hosts, but um, even more excited to have the leader of the Ballers crew, um, Jeremy. So, you know, this is going to be an exciting conversation. And Noons coming back from his trip. Ballers! Yes. Hey, MP, I'm not going to take any any sort of slight on that, but uh, you're right. We have a pretty, pretty special guest today. Pretty excited. Awesome. Let's dig right in. We have a, you know, super spicy agenda. We're going to hit you with some lightning round question, Jeremy. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about where you grew up? What made you pick Baller 6058 as your PFP? And maybe your height. Charles said you were a very tall guy. And people want to know how high vertical they need to get. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, so grew up in California, um, Southern California. Been here my entire life. Um, I always kind of wanted to get out, venture out. Uh, luckily, I've had some jobs where I was able to travel and, and see a lot of places around the world, seeing a lot of beautiful places. And now I know where I want to go when I retire one day. Yeah, I've just been here. Uh, I've been a basketball player my entire life. Not so much lately. The older you get, the more you start hurting. You know, that mixed with kids and kids sports kind of dominates your life. So I do miss it. So this is my way of uh, participating in, in the basketball world still is by creating something like ballers and it's been an incredible ride. Um, pretty excited about where we are where we are today. Obviously, this community has grown tremendously, and I just think that you know there's there's just so much yet to be you know, told you know in this story. Um, so I can't wait for that time to unfold gradually over the next you know twelve to twenty four months. Cool. And I didn't even answer your full question, which is why I picked that baller. So um, I've been uh, forty three was my number. Actually, my number was twenty four my entire life. And uh, sadly enough, when I got to my senior year, I played at modern day high school. Um, there were some really incredible players out there, um, some who went to the NBA. Uh, and I just, you know, this, they decided to just sit me on the bench. They didn't need me to win a state championship at that point. So uh, I had to switch out my number. Their, their lead uh, shooting guard that they brought in that wasn't on the team before wanted to take the number. So they took 24 and I ended up with 43. So that was kind of like my, uh, my number that I stuck with for the rest of my career. I played... Uh, you know, at a small D3 college, um, Chapman University. I um, played there for a couple of years and then realized I was never going to make it to the NBA and uh, or even D-League, anything like that. So I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go get my business degree and, and just try to dominate the game of business. And here I am. 
And here, here you are, man. Here you are. Yeah, I played some some baseball and ended up playing against Chapman back in my day as well. Uh, great, great baseball school. Yes. Um, cool, cool to hear about that for sure. Hey, as far as uh, just overall people's favorite questions, I think uh, overall trait, skills, combo. What what would you say you are as far as if you were to pick your own ball? Yeah, I mean it's definitely going to be more on the shooting side. Uh, I was a three guard. Uh, I am height wise. I didn't even answer that question either. You know, with basketball shoes on, six five. Without them, probably six four and a half. Um, I feel like Charles is actually taller than me, so I think he's just full of it. Um, so you know, I'm gonna have to measure ourselves. I don't even think we've actually met in person, which is crazy. I mean, this whole new decentralized world. Our teams have, uh, you know, been remote for quite a long time, even you know, prior to COVID. Uh, anytime that I've been in the blockchain space, so Charles and I, I think, need to meet in person. Finally, we're gonna go toe to toe and and just see who's actually taller. <laughs> um, in yeah. terms of my my baller traits, um, like I said, being a shooting guard, so shooting would be one. You know, I had times in my life uh, before I tweaked my ankle pretty bad that I could dunk pretty well uh, for a white guy. So, you know, not terrible. I won one dunk contest, which is really cool. But uh, you know, to be honest with you, it wasn't really good competition, so it wasn't that great. Uh, I just you know threw it off. The, uh, what did I do for the final dunk? I think I threw it in the air, put my jersey over my head, kind of. A la Cedric Sabalos back in the day and uh, and dunked it and won that thing. So it was fun. Congrats. I think honestly in Atlanta, we'll probably see pictures of guys that are like 6'8, six, 6'10. Six, uh, they're, they're, I, <laughs> I can guarantee there are ballers out there that are uh, almost seven feet. So, oh, I guarantee it. I was going to say, like, I'm looking forward to this first uh, ballers scrimmage or this first baller pickup game uh, in real life because now we got this uh, Jeremy Charles rivalry going. And yeah, Mike, you're right. I, I bet you we got some tall ballers out there. That's for sure. All right, Jeremy, last thing on the lightning round here. Top accessory or favorite body uh, when it comes to ballers? I like that. I mean, I just love so much. Um, you know, and then you have the complexity of the sneakers. And I know we'll get to that as well. So you think about, like, what does it look like with all the combos together? Do you like to match them? Do you like the clash uh, traits-wise? I mean, I'm just a huge fan always in any set since the beginning of visors you know um that's that's always a good one um i'm still waiting on mine uh, waiting for the right time to strike you can't you can't uh, dismiss gold grills obviously gold grills are, are something that i think i have two now i think i just bought one last night because somebody i think justin brown hit me up and said hey your brother's available and sure enough it was uh <laughs> same team same look same everything and uh you know recognize and it had a gold grill so I just bought that last night. I'll probably change that to my PFP. So gold grill visors. And uh, I kind of like the earring. It's like subtle. It's like a little bling, but it's not too much. And yeah, I like it. Hey, new PFP. That's some big news from uh, from Jeremy. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, J Justin's always working the deals, hey? He's like solely responsible for like so much of the liquidity in the Paulers, uh marketplace. Yeah, he's he's incredible. He's done so much, even behind the scenes. He's keeping us in the loop, you know, putting his ear to the ground and uh, giving us thoughts and advice. And, you know, big shout out to Justin. Really appreciate it. And, yeah, he's done some stuff behind the scenes and kind of moved the ball forward in a lot of ways that you guys don't even know about. So excited for all that to come to fruition. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me for one second. He's, uh, he's one of the mainstays in this community, without a doubt. Uh, I want to bring it back a little bit here and I, I Alex mentioned it in the intro there but I, I heard your podcast on NFT Heat with uh, John and Justin uh, fantastic episode really fun listening uh, listening to it uh, the story about emailing Cuban a, a bunch of times as you were as yeah. you were growing up I like really stuck with me 
And uh, thinking about how you got this elite cast of backers uh, for NFT Genius with Cuban, uh, Rohan, Ashton Kutcher, Pong, do you still have contact with any of them or do you talk anything about the future with them? Uh, how involved uh, for as little or as, as much as they are? I would love to know. Yeah, um, you know, <laughs> it's kind of crazy because I feel like, you know, guys that are, you know, running in those circles, I mean, Mark Cuban obviously being a billionaire, and, you know, Roham also in, in, in that elite crew and, and investing in a ton of different companies as well, obviously supporting a lot of projects in the flow ecosystem. Um, but, you know, Cubans all over the place, like whether it's NFT, the crypto in general or online pharmacies, I mean, he's, he's everywhere, right? So Cuban is, is one that really stands out and Roham as well. And I'll tell you why for both, like Mark, the fact that he gets back to us so quickly um, he probably gets back quicker than anybody. I mean, five to 10 minutes sometimes um, he'll wow. respond to an email. So he's always looking out for his portfolio companies. He's always looking out for us. And, you know, anytime we, we need advice, we have to hop on a call. Like he'll try to figure out a way to make time. Uh, and the crazy thing is, is most of the time it's him that's responding and it's not even like his assistant. So he's just on 24 hours a day. I feel like he's a robot sometimes. I mean, it's just, it's really incredible what this guy can do. He's a true entrepreneur through and through, investor, mentor, all those things. And he really cares and he really wants people to win and to succeed. So that's that. And then, you know, Roham on the other side has just been incredible, always making time for us as well. You know, having one-on-one -on -one conversations, really talking about the future and the strategy. And, and once again, with all the stuff he has going on, he has, he has plenty of fish to fry, obviously, just on the dapper and flow side alone, let alone, you know, helping some of the people that he's invested in and and uh, mentored for a very long time. So, you know, to get both those guys' time is incredible. Uh, Pomp and some of these other guys, like they'll always, like I said, if we ever need anything, um, pretty much every investor has, has been there and been excited to help us, opened up a lot of doors. And I think that was the biggest blessing for our seed round investors. Um, you know, to get a seed round with that kind of cap table was just insane. And it was just a function of good timing uh, and a good application. We were just, you know, somewhat trailblazing in the space at that time when it was so early, when Cuban, and these guys were just getting started and learning about it. So it probably looked a hell of a lot more attractive then than it would have now. So it was just, you know, entrepreneurship is about that. It's about good timing application. And, and you know, if, if you're willing to put in the work and, and be persistent, then, you know, the sky is really the limit. I kind of proof of that um, because I've, I've been on the other side so many times where the timing wasn't good. You thought it was perfect and it just wasn't and it's a failure, right? And then you have to take the learnings from those failures and apply those you know, moving forward. So when it is the right time and it is the right application, then you know to move on it as fast as you can with your whole heart. And that's kind of what happened. Yeah, that's been fantastic, Jeremy. It's it's an awesome story. It's a, it's a motivating story, I feel like, uh, as far as like young entrepreneurs and stuff like that. So it's a hell of a team to have in the corner of NFT Genius. But uh, I, I think your, uh, your resolution, I guess, is a big part of that. So uh, hey, good for you, Matt. All right. So Jeremy, you mentioned, you know, people that care and obviously the investors and, and the early, um, you know, some of the VCs and so on that are involved in this care, right? But speaking of folks that truly care, it's the community. Yep. And for me, right, like I'm a huge proponent of community involvement. I try and, you know, keep spirits high as much as possible because I do believe that a huge part of the success of Ballers is going to be the involvement of the community. So <clears throat> I think one some of the people would love to hear you know, potentially some of the biggest problems that you're uh, encountering and maybe how we can, we can help with that or as a collective, you know, what we, we can do to support you um, in the success movie, because we're, we're all driving towards the same goal. 
we all want the same outcome. And, you know, you guys are under a, an immense amount of pressure with you know, nearly 4,000 investors um, and it's tough to manage, but we'd love to know how to help. Yeah, that's a really good question. So, you know, we take it obviously very seriously. Anybody who invests time and money into anything that it is we do, you know, the one thing that I can say, and, and this is coming really from actually a collector standpoint first, right? I've collected NFTs for a very, very long time. Um, got in very early, like on the wax ecosystem with garbage fail kids. And the second top shot came out, I was knocking on that door. Um, just being through all these types of situations and seeing all these different blockchains and different projects, um, you're seeing more and more. And I think I just saw a tweet yesterday that perfectly encapsulated the fact that something that I called quite a long time ago, and I know Kurt feels the same way, is that roadmaps are actually to the detriment of a uh, uh, NFT project. Yeah. And the main reason why is because if you have a roadmap, an internal roadmap is very different than external roadmap. If you have an external roadmap that's very extensive, all you end up doing is trying to fulfill the promises that you've made. And unfortunately, you get so stuck in trying to get that done that you're not really operating a business and you're not really sitting there looking through the lens of innovation and how to make it better and listening to the community because you're just trying to adhere to what you put down. For us, this is very, very different. And it allows us the flexibility and the latitude to like really think big and, and surprise, um, you know, the element of surprise, I think is, is great. And I know not everybody likes what I'm saying right now. And I totally understand that. But if I had to chalk it up to any experience I've ever had in a, a collectible standpoint, as a collector of NFTs, um, you know, those are the projects like the surprise and delight projects that I didn't see something coming. And then all of a sudden there was an airdrop, maybe like sneakers or something like that. And I didn't realize it was broken down into five different rarities. I have no idea what's coming. It's, it's like Christmas, you know, that's, those are the experiences that we want to provide our, our collectors. And I think that's so important. I think that's way more important than a roadmap because just the one last thing I'll say about roadmap is, is that if you want to know a roadmap that you can believe in, in a company, right is look at the people that are running the company, right? And and I'm here, I'm Docs. I know Kurt's out there, he's Docs. And if you everybody, anybody wants to know anybody else on the team, like they'll, they'll be happy to Docs themselves as well if they aren't already. Um, but there's a reason that Cuban and, and Roham and all these guys have betted on us because we've been here a while, like we're not going anywhere. So for me, I would rather bet on a company that's been here for a little while, that's built across all these blockchains, it's made millions of dollars, it's built communities organically from scratch. We made a lot of successful projects. We've also made a lot of mistakes and, and have had failures like as anybody else would in the space, right? And we've taken all those learnings and those have all culminated into creating something like Ballers and an extension of Ballers into the Gaia marketplace. And what we're trying to do um, in essence and, and kind of the mantra that Carl and Kurt and I have had since the very, very beginning, which is, when I got in here in 2016 in the crypto space, my goal was to help create uh, opportunities for the masses to come in. That's through education. That's through great experiences. And we're continuing to do the same thing. That's, that's our goal. So like with the Gaia marketplace, it's like, how do you build the world's most simple, easy to use marketplace to be able to come in and buy NFTs and collectibles? Like that's, that's the goal and that's the mission. And the same thing with ballers. Like how do you appeal to the entirety of basketball fans. You have to really think hard about how you actually accomplish that. And therefore, there's some big things on the table that we're trying to work on that are just gonna take time. And I know everybody, especially when, you know, there's a tremendous amount of hype on a project up front and it makes a ton of money. People just expect things right away, but I would argue it's the opposite. 
It's like, we actually didn't expect it to do what it did. You know, it caught us by surprise. We didn't think it was going to be this successful. Now that it is this successful, the beauty is, is that we can reinvest that money back into developing out incredible experiences, whether it's sneakers or expanding our team so we have better artists and we can do more for the community or do in real life events, doing partnerships with NBA players, doing in real life events and allowing people to go to basketball games at suites. And there's just going to be more and more and more that happens over time. And the more support that the community gives us, the more we're just going to turn around and pour that back into the community and into the set to make it the best set possible. Yeah, I mean, listen, everyone who who's having a or who's listening to this, there's tons of liquidity socks out there, rugs. We all know this. And as Jeremy mentioned before, they're a docs team. They're bringing value back to the community. And what we can do is create a little bit of patience for them to deliver properly. Um, I really do believe that as we continue to work together uh, with the creators and everyone from from NFT Genius, I see this as as a huge successful project for sure. Yeah, and and just to that point as well, it's like, look, I I I've been in situations being a collector where like I just need liquidity, or like I saw something that was better, or or I thought was better, and I don't get mad at anybody. You know, if if you know liquidity is what you need, then then that's fine. If a long-term hold project is not for you. That's fine. It's not for everybody. I just hope you're having fun while you're here, right? And we're trying to do as much as we can to make sure that that experience is is uh, a grade, you know? So once again, you know, you guys have been incredible at sharing feedback. We listen and it's hard sometimes and I get that too. It's like, are they really listening? Because I don't see it happening. Well, guess what? A lot of that, it just takes time. And, and my personality is like I just if I'm going to do something I want to do it right and I want to do it with 110 percent and talking about things like games like we're not going to put out some BS game you know what I mean like we're not going to just half-ass something if we're going to do something we're going to do it right and that stuff takes time I'm committing to the entire community that those things are happening they're underway there's a strategy for it right there's multiple games in that strategy not just one you know I'm a huge fan, just taking indications of things I've said in the past. I'm a huge fan of, you know, pixelated games back in the day and Nintendo and NBA hoops. And I loved NBA Jam, but I also love where this industry is going in the metaverse and, and capabilities that exist out there. Um, and I want to explore it all. And I want to find the best talent and the best teams possible. And the more support we have from the community and obviously the more, you know, revenue that is made, the more we're going to pour back into this thing to make it incredible. So all that, yeah, it will absolutely take time. But, you know, from my end, uh, my my vow and promise to this community is that I think it's going to be worth it. So if you can stick around, great. If you can't, you need to take a little break. You need liquidity. Hopefully you come back because we're going to be here. So we're going to be here for a while doing this thing. That was an amazing answer. Uh, that definitely answered the question I originally was going to uh, ask you, which was, you know, there's a, been a lot of, sales, people leaving the community, uh, a few sentences, why they should stay. I think you covered it. Those people who kind of don't have the patience could definitely leave, but they have to understand that this is a startup. You know, there's a lot of things you guys are working on high level, even nitty gritties takes time. And we as collectors kind of have to sit on our hands a little bit, kind of a forced patience instead of you know jumping demanding feel a little bit entitled for things to happen right away but ultimately 
for those who've never been in startups, the biggest kind of success factor in my experience is the team. It doesn't matter what market they're in. Ultimately, what, how a company fails or succeed, it highly depends on the team. That's just my two cents. Jeremy, uh, yes, you know, whatever you could jump into about the game, we, we'd be really interested. And in. I think it's one of the biggest questions in the entire community. Um, you know, can you tell us anything about gameplay, tokenomics, you know, traits and skills being involved, um, uh, male versus female uh, leagues, all-stars? You know, there's just so many questions out there. Whatever you can answer, we'd, we'd love to hear about yeah. Yeah, so our approach is, you know, once again, first and foremost, there's a lot of gaming companies out there. And I think, you know, just I want to dispel this notion or this rumor or assumption um, because I just I'm super transparent. Like, I'm not going to BS anybody. And what it comes down to is the gaming aspect was on the site since day one because that's an intention. There was never any date associated with that, but obviously a lot of people, unless, and, and I'll take full ownership on this, unless you say, Hey, it's coming at the end of 2022 or 2024 or you know next month. Unless you put a date to it, people will just assume that it's coming at any given time. So I think a lot of assumption has been, hey, why isn't the game ready yet? Right? That was an intention from the very beginning. And the more successful that we were, the faster that we could we could start with the development of that game. And you know that that now is the case, right? Um, but part of that is you know once again going back to we want to create the best experiences possible. So you know as we started building out, you know, the specs and everything that we wanted for the game and how you incorporate traits and utility and sneakers and all these things and other things that we want to add to the set that are coming in the future. There's a lot that goes into that. Um, you know, I used to be in the mobile game company and just, you know, running games and, and building games and doing level design. It's like, I was working on one mobile game for three years that finally launched and then it ended up flopping. Like, <laughs> it's just like, it's... It's an arduous process, um, you know, so to avoid that and from learning from past mistakes, it's, it's finding talent and people that can actually bring your vision to life in the most successful way possible. And obviously, you know, uh, in a timely manner as well. So we've been working with quite a number of people. And there's also people that um, have been just building stuff on the side that have approached us and say, hey, I was going to build this for ballers anyway. You know, should we partner up? So we've been entertaining stuff like that. So I think, you know, over the next 12 months, there's going to be quite a bit to do uh, if you're a ballers holder. Um, there's going to be a lot more utility, you know, whether that's uh, in real life stuff, uh, interactions and experiences, uh, future drops. We've already alluded to the fact that we wanted to get into the other sports uh, in the future. When we do, ballers holders are going to have first access to that, right? So additional utility there. As a result, the gameplay, there's a bunch of different ways that we're looking at bringing ballers into gameplay. And obviously one easy way is you just, you know, have a baller and you utilize that baller in the game. There's other ways that we're looking at doing that as well that are really unique. We have partnership discussions that are going on ongoing because obviously the more noise you guys make, and I just want you guys to understand this, the more noise you guys make as a community, the more things you say and do on Twitter, that, that just like creates opportunities for all of us because more people reach out because they see the excitement. And because of what you guys have done, People have reached out to us that you couldn't even believe that we're having conversations with, including that of games. And even, you know, maybe I, I shouldn't drop this, but, you know, even gambling aspects to games, you know, like we, we can't do as much of that because of where we're at, right? We're in, you know, based out of California. So there's certain, you know, rules and regulations as it relates to that stuff in terms of where our jurisdiction is, but it doesn't mean that we can't explore that thing with 
you know, uh, other partners as well and give experiences that would be really fun uh, that I would love to participate in as well. So we're actively exploring all that stuff. And one thing that I'll end with on the gaming side is that we've decided is as we really start building this thing out in a way that I think it's like ready to start showing people the first iteration of the game, as I mentioned before, my plan and my goal is to have multiple games come out where we're eventually playing games in the metaverse in a really significant way. We want to be a company that does open building, right? And we want to build in the open. We actually want to show you some of the alpha. We want to show you the early gameplay, let you guys touch and feel it and give, you know, real-time feedback. So you can expect that more, I think, in the future is just more openness with what we're currently doing and getting live feedback, regardless of what aspect of dollars it is. Wow, Jeremy. I, my mind's spinning, man. Uh, it's, we've been super lucky, super fortunate to have you on. Thank you for sharing everything that you have. Um, I just want to leave you with one more thing. Because um, you mentioned, again, on that NFT pod that one of the goals that you guys have for the end of 2022 is that you want to be a dominant force in this industry. You want to know, you want people to know who you are and what you guys do. You've mentioned a little bit of that with Ballers, but uh, feel free to... Uh, broaden the scope a little bit with with on Gaia and every other project that you guys have your hands in how are you guys going to make that goal happen yeah i mean i think this is another really important point that actually translates back to ballers and you know one of the criticisms that we've received is they're they're not focused on ballers because they're doing too many things well that's also the beauty of what we're doing right is we're trying to you know expand the pot right we're expanding the 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 reach overall of potential people that can come in and discover ballers and i think that's super unique and that's what also helped us build a strong base up front of ballers is because there was community members that have been following us for years and you know follow us wherever we go you know from the nft genius side or from some of our earlier projects and that was like a really strong core base of people i know we got to like four thousand unique holders but that was not like four thousand speculators you can see there's like a really strong community of long-term holders that are just betting on us and believe on, you know, in what we do in the same way that our investors are, you know, betting on us for, right? So as it relates to ballers and like how you make that and some others succeed, that's, that's the reason we're putting a lot of effort into Gaia as well, because if Gaia is ultimately massively successful and becomes a really top contender or competitor on the NFT marketplace side compared to the open seas and the looks rares, that creates a lot of opportunities and new eyes for people to find and discover ballers. You know, that creates liquidity, more liquidity for ballers as well. So yeah, absolutely. That is a huge priority for us because we know at the end of the day, it's going to benefit ballers and ballers holders, and it's going to expand our community in a massive way. So that's kind of where we're at roadmap wise. You guys already know we're very close to Dapper. One can make a lot of assumptions in terms of like how that ends up playing out in the Gaia marketplace. We're working with some of the biggest indie sets you know, in this space and, and flow still being very, very early on. I think we've only scratched the surface and seeing like what's actually possible and the developers and the artists and the game developers that I've met that are coming to this ecosystem and building is crazy. It's attracting some of the best talent in the entire world. And we plan on having all of that comprised within our secondary marketplace and having a really vibrant ecosystem. And Baller is going to be a part of that. You know, Gaia is the home of ballers. This is where we started. And we're going to be building experiences that actually live on Gaia that support the ballers ecosystem and allow others to come in and even utilize some of that functionality to be able to make really cool sets and really cool engaging interactions. So that's kind of what we're betting big on. 
hopefully everybody kind of sees and understands that and how it ultimately will benefit them. But yeah, we're going big and we're, we're trying to become the preeminent marketplace for anybody who's uh, trying to buy NFTs in the future, especially in the flow ecosystem, Dapper Wallet. It's the easiest way to buy an NFT in the space. End of story. Hey, going big is right, Jeremy. Thanks again for being on. Um, I, I love how you guys are taking the big picture. And that's, I think that's a takeaway for our community as well to kind of just take a step back and realize what's going on around ballers. It's not just the floor that we need to look at all the time. Um, so everything that you've dropped on us today has been a big part of, uh, of that. And uh, again, we appreciate it, Jeremy. Thank you for being here. Any last alpha for us before you go? Oh, man. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I just want to shout out to you guys. Like, I appreciate the fact that there's this amazing community and organic, you know, content that people are putting out like you guys. So you guys are doing such a service to this community and, you know, just bringing alpha and, you know, knowledge um, every single time you guys do these podcasts. I listen to them as well. So um, really appreciate all the efforts there. In terms of alpha, I would just say sneakers. Uh, Legendary is going to be pretty fire. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty damn excited about that. It's a throwback shoe, right? Um, you've already seen it, right? You've seen the outline of it. It's a super high top. And what we can do there is there's, just, there's more surface area to an extent. So there's more that we can do. There's more that we can incorporate. Um, and there's some, oh God, I, I can't, it sucks to not be able to say things because it's just, it's not real yet. And I, and I think that's what's different with us comparatively to a lot uh, of, you know, projects out there is, a lot of projects will just say something because it's a possibility and they just throw it out there and they're like, okay, if I put it out to the world, it'll come true. Trust me, I've done that before and then it bites you in the butt. So with that said, once things are definitive and I have contracts signed, that's when we will make announcements. And once again, to get to big things and big contracts and things like that, it, it, it does take time. Uh, the other alpha is that I'm working on a podcast as well. Um, an official ballers podcast. Um, you know, I think there's this huge opportunity for like media and content play because, you know, ballers, I look at it as the NFTs are the entry point for us to all get together and talk about the game we love, which is basketball. And then that'll expand to other sports. And there's such an incredible world of people out there that, that care deeply uh, about this space that, you know, we're trying to bring on some, some big names and, and get people to really back us in ways that we can really appeal to the masses and, and gain access to people that maybe right now don't know about NFTs, but they're true fans of basketball would love to be a part of a community like this. So those are the big things that we have our site set on and, and things you can hopefully look forward to in the coming months. Love it, man. Thanks again, Jeremy. Uh, I thought this was an awesome episode. You know, we, you got to go. So thanks again. We, we really appreciate it. Thank you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Wow. That was such an insightful interview with Jeremy. He is so well articulate, and there's a lot of things to unpack. Empey, what's some of your main takeaways and comment? I mean, I, I was super interested in uh, him saying, you know, signing contracts and getting things, you know, close to being delivered with sneakers, which, you know, makes me think of a lot of different, different things. But it also just makes me confident that things are being, you know, worked on. Um, things are being... Uh, you know, accomplished in, in the background with brands and partnerships and uh, brings ballers to another level. And I need the community to truly see that uh, because the value is going to be driven out to us. Yeah, I think that was probably my biggest takeaway too, is that there's just so much going on behind the scenes that we probably can't even imagine. 
And a lot of community members are just kind of stuck on Raven or on Gaia, just kind of looking at floor levels and seeing their investment drop in the, in the short term. But anytime we have guests on like Charles or, or Jeremy, they really just kind of pull the curtain back and show us just how much is going on. And the things that we're going to enjoy as ballers, holders, and community members in six, 12, two years, like we can't even imagine. Right. And like you said, Mike, like those, those contracts that they could be signing the partnerships, uh, what guy is going to look like uh, in the near to, to long future. Right. Like, there's just a lot to look forward to and just a lot of stuff that we don't know. And I think them not having the roadmap and them dropping those uh, Christmas morning surprises, as you mentioned, are big time. It's the stuff that gets me excited for sure. Along with the guidance of Cuban, you know, and, and all of the different folks that are on the back end advising. So when we talk about how a business runs across the board, and that's kind of what we're looking at, when we're looking at ballers, this is a business. They're they're building a brand and a business um, to drive value. I mean, we, we've heard, uh, you know, if you look at stocks, you know, is this similar to a stock? Is this similar to a true business? Well, yeah, it is because these investors are trying to get um, revenue from from the company that they invested in. I mean, that's that's the key. When when Mark Cuban, Ashton Kutcher, uh, Anthony Pomplano, right? Like those guys are advising. They've done this before. I mean, this isn't their first rodeo. You, you could watch on TV Shark Tank and understand that Mark Cuban vets out folks immediately or he pulls in folks immediately, right? He knows the right businesses to invest in uh, and then how to advise them to success. So that's the way that I look at it is, the advisory is there, the right people that are doxxed are there um, from NFT Genius, and the partnerships are starting. So too early to tell on anything. Alex, what were your biggest takeaways? Oh, it's the uh, same thing as you guys all kind of alluded to. This is a team that's dedicated, who has the experience. They're trying to make it successful, right? They're not trying to go for the easy cash grabs, you know, just name drop, airdrop everyday <laughs> promises that could be easily, you know, ignored or just overall cash grab, just giving my insights that this is a team, legit team. They're working on contracts, these big, you know, the, I believe it's called MSAs, Master Service Agreements. These takes time. There's a lot of lawyers involved, you know, they're looking at every line item, not even line item, but every line and sentence to make sure uh, legal component of it is right for them, and they're not exposing to them to any potential lawsuits. Kind of definitely requires a lot of us holders to be more patient to understand that there is a bigger picture going on, and they're driving forward with that day to day. Yeah, and when I when I listen to the game updates, or you know, in this case, not necessarily being developed quite yet, I think what they're trying to do is pull in as many people to advise them properly on a successful game. I mean, it's already confirmed that the game is coming. The thing is they want it to be the right thing. Uh, when we started asking about, you know, 
what's going to be incorporated. Honestly, I'm getting the feeling that everything is going to be incorporated to a certain extent. I don't know if they're going to, you know, sort of pull one trade out or one skill set out or, you know, parts of the sneakers. The platform is there to build the game and they're probably going to incorporate everything into it. Um, that's the feeling that I got. And just overall, it, it's the vision isn't quite there. Like they haven't been advised to the full extent of a successful um, development strategy. So w- once that's put in place, um, we'll be seeing, you know, better strides and, and quicker strides to, to a game. Um, until then, just, you know, think safe that, skills and traits will be incorporated at some point. I think uh, everything that they've done, including the sneakers and the traits and the skills, they're all going to be in the game. I, I, I think without a doubt, after hearing everything Jeremy said, and the fact that he even dropped the idea of like, they're, they're talking with game developers, right? And they heard the noise that we've been making on Twitter. And something that stuck with me that Charles said on our, on our previous episode before Durf was, Games need to be fun, right? And they're not going to put out a game that's not fun. And these things do take time, right? It's maybe there's some licensing agreements in the background, right? Uh, we mentioned like Cuban is the owner of an NBA team, one of the best business minds in the country. So the fact that they have him as a, like a five minute, five minute email away is incredible. And you bet your ass that these, <laughs> this game is going to be fun when it comes out. It might be months. It might be a year. Who knows? But uh, even him reminding us that like on the ballers website, it, it says the game first and foremost, right? That is coming. And I think it's going to be great when it comes. It's just going to be those. Yeah. It's those partnerships. Who's going to develop it. Who's going to put it out. But yeah, those sneakers are going to be part of it. I think our skill traits, all of that kind of stuff. Really looking forward to it for sure. Awesome. We just got breaking news, guys. We have a, no an official first ever sneaker trade by Justin Brown and Love Flame 65. Justin Brown is giving away a baller, baller ID 9288, and a sneaker 39377, which has, has a 79 jump, one drip factor, and that's about it. But Justin is getting returned a sneaker 11850 with 99 jump, one drift factor, uh, stomping on a dime, as well as his favorite team that he always rep, sneaker 13593 with a 73 jump, three drift factor, and the Toronto Spear uh, team colorway, as well as a robot wings. Wow. Big news. Oh. Congrats to both parties. Uh, the first true baller for sneaker trade. Um, that is, I, he's he's looking at rarity. I mean, the, the rarity of a 99 jump um, has to be the biggest part of it, um, in my opinion. Uh, you, you look at some of the things that are incorporated and you know, I haven't necessarily gone through all of the statistics, but 99 jump has to be the reason. As well as the Toronto t- colorway that he always repped. <laughs> so, yes, definitely. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I mean, who other than Justin, right, to make this first trade? 
And uh, yeah, I'm I'm really curious. I know we had a couple of questions on Twitter of uh, people talking about sneakers and pricing and when when are they going to be put in the marketplace? Like, relax, it's it's coming for sure. But yeah, having that kind of set set the floor a little bit um, with the 99 sneakers, it's pretty enticing. I'm excited. Yo, how did, how did the drops go for you guys? I mean, I've been out since the uncommon sneakers, so I'd love to know uh, if things are going a little bit better for you too. Yeah, it, it, you know, I, I think I got lucky on this last drop. I got, I got two, two pairs and um, I still have five left for, you know, both legendary and iconic. We'll see how that goes. I mean, <clears throat> if I get five legendary, I, you know, uh, I, I can't complain, but you know, if say I get four and then I have one, one iconic left even better. That's amazing. But I did get one sneaker, actually my best, my best sneaker yet. Um, 94 jump, uh, five drip factor. Uh, I got the ankle breaker enhancement and it's a double rainbow. So it was kind of a, a quad hit there. I mean, a, a, a pretty lucky, pretty lucky hit on the sneaker and, and, you know, the aesthetic of it is pretty dope too. Do, have we been, have we got the confirmation that the highest drip factor is five, like it's one to five and five being the drip? We hit? have, we have. Yeah. So if people, there's a negative one, negative one to five. Yeah. If Are you serious? Know that, yeah. <laughs> negative one is uh, the worst. And then or the best. we don't know yet. I don't think they drop any info. No, we do. I, we do? I, I heard from Elliger in, in the, um, in the discord. So a little alpha for folks, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's tough to be in the discord 24 seven, man. So uh, good on you, Mike, <laughs> as long as one of us is in there hearing <laughs> everything. That's uh that's good stuff. I have three lives left for the iconic and uh, legendary sneakers, but I'm definitely happy with the rare sneakers I got. And yeah, looking forward for the next time we chop it up to talk all things baller. That wraps up episode six. Thank you again for listening and a special thank you to Jeremy Bourne. It is such a rare but amazing opportunity to pick the brains of the leadership team and able to ask about their vision and strategy for their company. Please send feedback or even bear money donation for the crew on Twitter at BallersLockerR1. See you guys next week.